Leadership is the capacity to translate vision into reality. That is a quote by Warren Bennis. Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Welcome to episode 169. I am delighted to announce that I'll be speaking at Women in Tech, Texas on 19th through the 20th of May, 2022. This event offers an immersive educational experience for like-minded women to access proven strategies and tools to support them in their mission to achieve their career goals. Registration is now open. Book your pass today and secure a 15% discount with my special discount code. And that code is W-I-T-T-S-P-E-A-K-E-R-15. And the website is www.women-in-tech-texas.com. The topic of this week's episode is Growing Forward. My guest this week is Paul Casey. Paul is originally from Chicago. He has been a professional speaker for over 25 years, giving almost 300 presentations in the last four years. He is one of the leading authorities in leadership and personal growth, especially time management, helping people take back their calendars and restore sanity to their lives. He has spoken for organizations like McDonald's, Subway, Lamb Weston, Northwest Public Power, and AutoZone, and among the 80 leaders he's coached per year, 25 of them have led at Pacific Northwest National Laboratories. Through his company, Growing Forward Services, Paul has partnered with his corporate and individual clients to transform their vision, their habits, and their lives. Hi, Paul. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hi, Trina. Great to be here. Nice to have you. Um, we were just having our little pleasant trees before the show. <laughs> You're from <laughs> Chicago, as am I. And you are a speaker. Um, you do leadership. You do time management, all of which you know are great things. But how I start to show off is tell the listeners who you are and what made you the Paul that you are today. Wow. I like to start out with my, uh, my personal mission statement, because that's, that's the core that I try to live out. And it goes like this, to add value to people through equipping, encouraging words, servant leader actions, and a contagious passion to honor God with my life. So I've got it memorized now because I've said it so many times and I, I use it as a filter for living. So it's a combination of my personality style, my values, my strengths, my passions, 
you know, all rolled up into, into one statement. I started out as a, uh, a teacher, fifth grade teacher. So I'm an elementary education uh, degree and a master's in educational administration. So I became a vice principal pretty quickly and then a principal. Never thought I would do that. I thought I'd be a teacher my whole life and a, a mentor principal saw something in me that I didn't see in myself and it was leadership. And he said, hey, I, I want you to be my vice principal. And I said, well, if you think I can do it, and uh, that became sort of the line I kept saying, if you think I can do it, I'm, I'm in, I'll stretch and grow to that. So I became a vice principal and then a principal and then administrator, uh, all in the private schools. And uh, then moved over to the church side of things and became a family pastor. I took my education and they, they said, we need some people to do parenting skills and we need someone to help with marriages and the family system. And I said, all right, if you think I can do it, I, I, I'll do it. And I, I, I switched over from that. All the stress of being a principal rolled off my back. Um, then I actually became an executive pastor after that. And then somewhere along the line, uh, back in 2012, I decided I'm going to start my own business. And I thought, I want to be around people that are hungry to grow. So I started a business called Growing Forward Services. And I thought, well, I was already speaking for teachers at teacher convention. Um, I heard about this new thing called life coaching. And I went, what is that? Sounds a little woo-woo, but you know, I'll, I'll study it and see, see what that's about and learned a lot about coaching and then team building, you know, allowing people to have retreats where they can have fun, build relationships, uh, do some strategic planning and come back a stronger team unit. I thought, you know, maybe if I do a three-legged stool business, maybe I could make a living as an entrepreneur. And I launched in 2015 full-time and haven't looked back since. I love what I get to do. Wow. I love that story because from a teacher, now you're an entrepreneur. And yeah, just, oh my goodness. So you, you specialize in so many things. So leadership, the personal growth, because and you were what doing marriage counseling too? <laughs> like, ooh, teacher to marriage counselor. I don't know. I would have had you for my marriage counselor, but okay. <laughs> I got to see a lot of uh, uh, bad parenting and good parenting, right? <laughs> yeah. So you get it from the principal side. You get it right. from the marriage counseling side. Right. Yeah, you probably have some stories, but I won't make you divulge here. <laughs> But in and you say one of your top things is uh, time management, teaching yes. people time management. So yes. let's talk about that first. Let's do it. Yes. So tell me, what are people doing wrong as far as with their time and how do you help them? Yeah, I'm running into people all over the place that are overwhelmed. They do not have peace of mind because they're trying to juggle too many things on their plate. And they don't feel like they're winning at anything. I had a client this morning that she just said, I feel like I'm losing in all areas of my life because there's just too much on it. And I don't feel like I'm winning in any area of my life. So we had to debrief that today. But people just are, um, they're feeling like failures because they can't get it all done. And yet we live in this context of time where we all have the same 24 hours in a day and uh, we have to be intentional because if any time we just decide to let our calendar be controlled by someone else, we just drift. And then we wake up, you know, a week later, 
month later, I'm like, wow, we made no progress on any of our big priorities. So what I like to help people with is to discover what that one-year vision is for their life, if not farther, and then help them goal set back and time manage to that vision so they feel like one year from today, they're a better person. They're like, wow, my relationships are doing well. Um, I'm giving time to my hobbies and my wellness and work. And then they're all they're all growing forward. And that's where I sort of got my business name from as a result of that. So you said a year now that overwhelms me. (laughs) (laughs) So, so if you told me, okay, tell me where you want to be, you know, let's plan out this year. I'll be like, Oh my goodness. Um, So, (laughs) so for people like me, uh, because I, I I am often overwhelmed. I do admit I, I am, you know, my name is Trina. I'm overwhelmed. (laughs) Hi, Trina. <laughs> so how do you how do you actually go in and and do, and seriously how do you go in and help someone like me who because I am I'm that person I live by my calendar yep have everything on my calendar and I am like a structure advocate mm-hmm. I'm like yes I need yeah. structure need structure yeah. but then like you were saying your one client sometimes I find I'm like goodness I didn't do anything that I had on my calendar or my list to do. Mm-hmm. So what's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you because we're all procrastinators at some level. I'm going to do a procrastinators anonymous club probably. And yeah. then we can say, hi, I'm Trina. Hi, yeah. I'm Paul. <laughs> yeah. And, and overwhelmed to me, Trina, just means not broken into small enough chunks for your brain to handle, right? That's what overwhelmed really means. It's not some type of disorder. It's just that it's just, there's just too much going and so even when I say one year vision and you got a little freaked out by that, it, it's really, um, it's just giving you a target out there. And then we're going to make those into small enough little goals that we can get there. And you feel like I know what the next thing is. One of the tools I'll use with a client is storyboarding. Mm. We've all heard of storyboarding, like for animated films or even a do, just to do a video shoot nowadays. Most videographers will want a storyboard, which is this scene is going to be this. And then this scene is that. And I'll just help clients write a six frame storyboard. And it's just, these are the baby steps to get to the goal that I want to get that, whether it's losing weight uh, or whether it's uh, trying to get a promotion or any anywhere in between. And it feels good because like, well, I know what the next thing is. If I can just get that, then I know what the next step is after that. So it breaks overwhelm down into manageable chunks. So one of the first steps I like to help people with uh, the first tips I would give them is to plan a successful day tomorrow while you're still in today. So I encourage people in that last half hour of your day before you shut off the lights, um, if you're at work, your last 30 minutes before you drive home, um, or if you're in your virtual office, you know, the last 30 minutes before you shut your light off, um, you're going to plan your top three priorities for tomorrow. And that's going to give you this peace of mind to, for work-life balance to be able to say like, okay, today's done. And then tomorrow, when you turn the light back on, you're like, I know what I'm after today. And a third benefit is your brain works on problems while you sleep. So you're getting an actual benefit waking up in the shower and going, aha, I've got an idea. And the shower is the only place we get good ideas because it's the only white space we have in our life. <laughs> that is true. I have great vision in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) I always do. 
and I, I get it. I understand what you're saying. And all jokes aside, yeah, I, I do plan my year, but I'm one of these people who I guess I'm so driven to get things done that instead of me looking at, okay, here's the very next step, I'm trying to look at the end result. Okay, so yeah. here's the finish line. You know, I need to do this, do this, and this instead of me saying, okay, I'm here. Let me do this step and then the next step and the next step. So how how do I overcome that? I would chip your life into categories. So the, the vision of what we're talking about here is the macro, right? The mm-hmm. macro is in, to inspire you forward. So some people create vision boards, right? You've probably heard of those before where they've got pictures on a poster board. It's like, that's where I want to go. That's what inspires you. But Really, we could just stay in the dream world and make New Year's resolutions all we want, and that's not going to get us anywhere. So what I personally do is I've got categories. So even in my business, I've got marketing, clients, my craft, my speaking business, uh, products, services. In my personal life, I've got a relationship with my wife, with my adult children, uh, with my friends. In the wellness category, I've got my hobbies in there, um, how many work hours that I have to try to limit myself to, even though I'm probably like you and not good at that. Uh, And and, uh, so that helps me now break it into these categories. Then I just pick the next goal that's going to get me closer to that vision. So that could be 25 of them, which that's overwhelming just thinking about. So the way I do that is then I do a monthly retreat with myself and I look at each one of those next steps and I say, uh, you know, or, or I say, what is the next step? Then I'll take that and put that action item into my calendar in a time block. And time blocking is the thing that has made me uh, much more productive than I ever was before. Because I don't like to-do lists, Trina. I, they're, they're sort of like, I don't want to-do lists. That's what they became <laughs> for me. Right? I don't want to do that. And I look for something easy just so I can cross it off because I love the feeling of crossing something. Right off of a list, right? Probably many of your listeners also are smiling right now. Some of them may even put things on their list after they've done it, just to cross it off the list. (laughs) I've done that. (laughs) Guilty, guilty. Yes. So the time blocking thing, then I'll literally put the task in a block of time, overestimate how much time it's going to take to do it, and then sort of gamify it, try to get it done a little bit sooner, because I've got a little type A in me as well. And then I just find time when I get things done sooner. And it feels like getting let out of a meeting early. Like, who does that? So uh, that's my method of thinking uh, macro first, the vision, the monthly retreat, breaking it into categories, taking the next item, putting it on my calendar, and then obeying my calendar in that block. So I've heard of, and I try to do this as well, and I'm, I'm horrible at it, the time blocking. Because I, I, okay, so I hired a virtual assistant a couple of months ago because I I need some help. And I have this pretty Google calendar (laughs) that I put everything on, right? I've, I've blocked out, okay, here's my exercise time. Here's this, here's that. And I don't even go buy it. I I have to, I, this is, see, I am telling all of my, (laughs) my problems here. Yes. I don't go by it. And it's a shame because I, I do, I have, okay, at this time it's workout time, but then I'll come and I'll say, well, you know what? I need to do this thing really quick. So I'm going to do it right now. Instead of me mm-hmm. saying, no, 
This is workout time. This is what you need to do. So, and we have to honor that commitment because Trina, I would guess that if you are going to have coffee with someone, a potential client or a friend, you wouldn't stand them up and just go, you know what? I'm not going to go. Right. (laughs) Right. Because you're going to lose that friend uh, or that client really quickly. But why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we stand ourselves up? and not respect ourselves to that point where it's like, you know, I made a meeting with myself and I'm going to honor that and be on time to my meeting. Mm. So that's a good way to put it. So I guess I should look at it that way and say, okay, this is my meeting to myself and I need to show up and be there because yeah, time, you know, and, and that's, that's a good thing. Cause we do, we break our own meetings where, you know, something right. comes up and we're, we're quick to say, okay, well, I won't do this or I'll go and do that. And then we get all thrown off and then we're going, oh my goodness, you know, where's the time going? Yep. So that's a good, good point. Good point. And that's the phrase right there. Where is my time going? And you get to the end of the day and you're like, I moved all day, but what right. did I actually get to the finish line? Right. <clears throat> right. So what do you think, what's your opinion on like, journaling. I know you said at the end of the day to write your top three priorities for the next day. Yes. What about journaling? I love journaling. Uh, uh, I sadly went through a divorce back in 2006 and not of my wanting. And because of that, it just sort of brought me down to the bottom, right? It's just like the end of myself. And I had to reinvent myself and I knew I had to develop some healthier habits. And one of those was journaling. Some of them were like, uh, I went to counseling. I got some good male friends. I got some, I started playing golf, you know, and and of course this whole business idea came out of that. But journaling was one of these core habits I have never forsaken. I do it literally every day. First thing in the morning when I roll out of bed, I literally go downstairs before even I shower and, uh, and I journal. I usually read something inspirational. I read something professional and then I journal. And I'm a little systematic with my journal. Like I start with gratitude. Mm -hmm. So I always have to come up with what I was grateful for from yesterday. Then I've got the high and the low of yesterday. And then I've got what would make today a great day. So those are the four things I always journal every single morning. And then I do a little chronology of, of yesterday. And that's sort of, you know, it's sort of my way to capture my life. Some people use Facebook to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I, I use that in a journal so I can look back then. And I do. I look back at past journals to see where I've come from. Mm, that's a good idea. So you have your structure. So because this is something my perception of journaling and I've tried to do it on and off and I'm like, I really need to do this. So I, I kind of approached it as kind of like a diary, like, OK, here my life today is this, <laughs> huh? is this and yeah. this and this. So that's not the proper way of doing it. it, it or is it, or does it matter or should well, it doesn't it? matter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more structured in my personality style. So I needed a structured format, okay. but I would, I would say the average journaling advice would be, it's a place to write your feelings. Mm-hmm. It's a place to, to vent or protest. It's a right. place to, um, yeah, it, it, to get real guttural because nobody's going to read it, but you. Mm-hmm. And so, especially for us guys, and there's not, there's not a ton of guide journalers that I usually run into, but uh, we've got to have a place to start working on those feelings and, you know, getting those out a little bit more. And that's a safe place to do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's yeah, that's a good thing because I like to do it at night. I probably should do it in the morning, maybe so I can set kind of set precedence for my day. But I do it at night whenever I remember <laughs> I'm not too tired and I'm like, okay, right. here's how the day went. This is what I think, what I felt, whatever. So yeah, because I'm just I, I really want to start getting more into that structure and habit. And maybe I should define like you did a, a format and keep that structure for myself as far as how I do it so that I can continue to do it. Something that I'll look forward to. So um, that's, yeah, I totally recommend that for someone just getting into journaling is have a loose structure because it's just hard enough to just do it, you know, right. just to, just to start. So I've, I've put things in the past in there, like what I learned, you know, this day, what am I looking forward to? Um, so I've, I've played around with, with the format, but the key is just to do it. And like you said, at night, sometimes you're too tired. Mm. And so you want to avoid doing any tasks in a place where your energy is super low, a priority task. And so you sort of have to go with your biorhythms. That's another time management principle that you put your most uh, important priorities in the place where you're freshest in your energy level. Okay. Okay. So I have to write that down. So I have my top three in journaling. So I need to change that to... Um, the morning. So let's get into, and okay. So I always like to ask people this. So you have the structure of time management and we're going to get into your, your leadership and personal um, development, but what was it? Cause there's usually something that catapults us, right. That make us do this. What was it for you? You know, I, my, my parents are teachers and so being a teacher, you have to be time managed because especially an elementary teacher, you've got recess and reading and language arts and spelling, and you got all these things that you've got to manage in the average day. So you've got to be really tight with your time management. So my proclivity is already, and my personality style um, is very um, analytical with that. Mm-hmm. So I walked into my boss's office, the principal who saw something in me and his, his, his office looked like a bomb went off. You know, he's got paper all over the place, magazines, newsletters, memos. It was the days of memos. Uh, they're just all over the place. And I, I, I just started to get a little nauseous inside. <laughs> so organized <laughs> people could probably relate to me, yeah. you know, cause I want to organize everybody else. Right? Yeah. And I said, do you mind if I take a crack at this when you go to that conference? He's like, Hey, go for it. So I, I made little piles for reading material and for memos and budgeting, you know, budget stuff. And I came back and I just presented him with this, oh, you know, this, this beautifully organized office. Well, within, you know, a week, it was back to the old way because right. he didn't have his own system. But I saw an article in there, a, a publication called The Organized Executive. I don't even know if it still exists. I probably should have Googled it before coming on the podcast. But The Organized Executive was a time management publication that had article after article about how to be more efficient in your productivity. And I just nerded out on it. I was just like, I was trying everything in there, uh, trying it out for, if it worked for me, I just kept honing things and adding little tips and tricks until I really had an arsenal of time management uh, stuff that I could uh, teach somebody else. So over time, I put those all in a little book called Maximizing uh, every minute. And so that's my little time management book that, that I sell now because it's just sort of a compendium of all the little tips that you could try out. Wow. And what are some other tips besides the um, the blocking, the time blocking? Yeah. Some other ones would be to um, 
try to attack your priorities early in the morning because I find that afternoons are runaway trains. I love that quote. I didn't come up with that one, but afternoons are runaway trains, meaning that if you put all your priorities in the morning, which not everybody's a morning person, so you got to consider your biorhythm too. But if you can get those big three done in the morning, it sets off this productivity snowball for the rest of the day. And you'll find out you'll get 10 or 11 things done. But if you decide to do what I do sometimes and drag in Google Calendar, you just drag it into the afternoon like, I don't want to do that now. I don't want to do that now. Then what happens? Then your child calls you from school and says, dad, would you pick me up? I'm sick. And I'm like, oh, or your boss comes in and says, I need this by five o'clock. And now you're out of time blocks. There's no time and you procrastinate yet again. So by front loading your priorities into the morning, you have a better chance of getting those big three done. And to me, that's a successful day. If I get those three big ones done, I feel good. Wow. So that's one. A couple others that I would throw at you is um, try to finish one task before starting another. Now, I know that sounds very elementary, uh, but this we've somehow in our culture played up multitasking as this awesome you know, job skill. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about keeping a lot on your radar because we all have to do that in, as leaders. What I'm talking about is trying to do two things at the same time. Like I'm going to watch this webinar and I'm going to work on my budget. Well, your brain can only be in one place at the same time. It's either in the budget or on the webinar. So we're, we're fooling ourselves. We're probably messing up two things at once. Yeah, That's yeah. a good definition of multitasking. So if you have a million tabs across your computer so that you can see only one letter, and I always, I always laugh when I see people's computers that, you know, they have so many, that probably means you have a problem with this. You probably need to, to finish the task, close the tab, finish the task, close the tab. Because then your computer reboots and you want to scream because you didn't save all those as bookmarks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, this is like, you know, my jam right here is like, I'm, I'm, I need this, right? So, hence <laughs> all the questions. So, you have your journal and then you have your list for your top three priority. Do you have that in like a, a notebook or do you put it in your phone? How does it matter? What's, what's the best way to do that? Well, you're going to create that time block, right? You're going to put those three priorities in a time block. Okay. Uh, maybe it takes an hour, maybe it's 90 minutes. Like I said, overestimate. And then I would use the colors, uh, you know, like make it red. So it just jumps right out. Like these are my three priorities. Now I do have clients that go old school. They'll do the post-it note or the three by five card, and they'll write those three priorities on that and stick it to their monitor, or they'll put it on the back of their office door. Or if they're in sales, they'll put it on their dashboard. They'll even use it as the welcome screen on their phone so that they see what those three are. It has to be something you're going to run into a lot. Gotcha. Oh, Those three. That's a, yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Okay. All right. So we're we're flowing there now. Let's let's get into the personal development side because I think the time management and personal development are going hand in hand, right? They do. They really do. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. What how exactly are you? taking people down that road of personal development. I mean, who, who are you helping? How are you helping them? I mean, is it just somebody that, you know, I'm Joe Smo and, you know, you know, I, I hate life. So you're helping me or. 
<laughs> well, my ideal client would probably be a middle manager. So it's someone in a leadership position. They have some uh, direct reports. They also have a boss above them. They have peers. They're in the middle, you know, in the in their organization. And like I said, they don't feel like they're winning in any of those categories. So they need to come up with a personal development plan or a professional development plan. So that's where we'll do these categories. And I want to hear for their pain points first. I want to find out where they feel like they want to move the needle in the next 30 to 90 days first. So they'll come up with their top three things. And that's where we'll start crafting uh, a plan to really get some early wins. Because like you said, you can get overwhelmed pretty quickly and that now when your vision seems too big. So hey, let's get some, let's get some wins under your belt. Let's try some things. Let's try some new habits and get those ingrained before we move on to something else. Yeah, that's um that's good. But with so most businesses, companies, whatever, they have professional development or or performance, whatever. Yep. Is that the same as the personal development that you're taking them through? Or are you looking more at their personal life instead of career life? That's a great question. I do have some clients that want me to come alongside them with their company's professional development plan, their individualized development, IDP, some companies (laughs) call them, or advancement plans, you know, to help them get their next promotion. But I would say 95% of my clients, Trina, are, they want to do the holistic thing, right? They, they know that their energy level and their wellness affects their performance at work. Mm -hmm. They know that their relationships in their home life are affecting their work performance. So really in an, in an hour of a coaching session, we could hit six different areas of their life, or we might just hit one. They've got a crucial conversation that they have to have, and they can't get past that tension without that conversation. So I will help them frame that conversation. So when they leave my presence, they can go have that conversation and feel like that was time well spent. Gotcha. Gotcha. Love it. Love it. Now, are you going into corporations and helping them or do people find you like the person who has a business that may be mental management or someone who works for a corporation, but they figure, okay, I need to work on myself. So I'm going to go find some outside help. Yeah, right now. Well, actually I started out with the, the private client that you were just referring to there at the end of someone who's looking for personal growth. Mm -hmm. And so um, sort of just contracting with them one-on-one. But now what's, uh, I didn't expect this at the beginning is I do have corporations where the manager will hire me to coach their leaders. And it's, I I come alongside the management to say, I'm going to help you uh, develop your leaders by giving them real-time processing of the issues that are coming at them. I did not expect that, Trina, when I started out, but now I would say, um, well, let's see, I have have like 43 one-to-one clients right now, which is a lot for a coach. I wouldn't recommend having that many, but the the one corporation I spend a lot of time with, they keep giving me another manager and Mm. saying, yeah, here's, here's one. Now I have to learn how to like say goodbye to some and say, I've taken you as far as I can go so that I have uh, back to work life uh, rhythm again. So how does, I mean, are these managers receptive? Because 
Here's the thing, and you've seen it and you know, once they've gotten into management for whatever corporation they're at, they figure, okay, well, I'm a manager. I'm okay. I'm fine. And then for the company to bring you in and say, um, yep, you you have some things you need to work on. <laughs> are they are they receptive receptive to you, or how long does it take them to finally, I guess, fit into where where you're trying to take them? It's a great question because you can't coach someone who doesn't want to be coached. Right. I really believe that fundamentally. So I am often given, not often, I'm occasionally given <laughs> someone on a performance improvement plan, right? Okay. So they are, they're in the disciplinary process that if they don't get their act together, um, they, they probably will get let go. Mm-hmm. So they're motivated in some ways for to, to be coached because they want to survive, right? They right. want to get through but, but some of them are also very difficult because it's like, I don't trust this guy. Who is he? This coach, you know, coming into my organization, but then they warm up pretty quickly realizing I'm an objective uh, people helper, right? I don't, I'm not embroiled in their drama. I don't know their boss that well. I am just for their success. And so they warm up pretty quickly and we build trust and I have to assure them of confidentiality that I'm not going to go rat them out to their boss. They really want to know that because that really builds this uh, trust bond with them. But for the others, um, I would say that the boss has already uh, prepped the managers to say, this is Paul, he's going to be coming in, he's going to help you in real time process your work life. If anybody would like his services, I will pay for it. And uh, then people can sort of opt out. So I'm I'm usually never in a force you to be with me situation. Mm, Okay, well, that's actually that's very good. And what has been your success with doing that? Well, I have some clients that I've had for five years. Like we are on our 105th session. So that means that in each each year, their boss asked them, do you still want to continue with coaching? Are you still benefiting from this? Are you still growing? And they keep saying yes. So coaching is hard to measure. Uh, often, but that is the best measurement that I could say is that they want to keep that relationship going because they're still growing forward. Wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing that they, (laughs) 105th session. (laughs) I know, right? Like, okay. I I think, I I think I would be like, yeah, I may be good for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's probably not recommended in the International Coaching Federation, but uh, because oftentimes at certain times in your life, you need a different face, right? A different mentor, a different coach. And, uh, but since I'm all this organization has, when it comes to external coaching, um, they just want to continue. Now let's move on to leadership. Cause that's one of, one of my things mm-hmm. with being oh, yeah. a former uh, mm-hmm. Naval officer. So I, I love leadership and believe me, some, I need to like put you in the middle of some different places I've been. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You know, I have so many questions about that. Now I don't want to hold this show longer than what it should be, but this is my thing. So you get organizations that put people into, I won't say leadership, management, supervisory positions that really should not be there. Okay. And then they get people who complain, they don't do anything, or they may give them the in-house leadership training, but it does no good. 
Have have you seen that? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like they're uh, as an individual performer, they're rocking it, right? Yeah. They are. They're yes. either the best salesperson or yep. the best technical leader, and they're like, "All right, somebody left this position. Let's just bring so and so in." And they have zero people skills. Yes. Uh, or communication. They have had taken zero training on leadership, and here they are, and now they're affecting everyone beneath them. Because the leader's like a mountain, right? And they've got an ecosystem underneath them. And if if they're dysfunctional mm-hmm. in their leadership skills, it affects everyone below them. Yes. And then good people leave. Yes. Well, they're miserable for a long time, and then they leave. Yep. <clears throat> Tragic. Yes. Yes. And how do you go in and help? those people in those companies, because that is more common than not. It is. It is. Well, what I try to do is recommend, and I can only recommend because I'm a consultant coming in from the outside, a, um, uh, it's, well, it's probably a few prong approach, but they need some um, on the job training. Uh-huh. So they need to follow leaders who are doing it well within their organization or industry. They need uh, they need some they need some classroom. I'll call it classroom training because they haven't taken any leadership skills. Right. So um, like I've got 20, 25 classes on various um, uh, proficiencies in leadership. Uh-huh. And then thirdly, they need coaching because they need someone to help them apply what they've learned. If you just send right. someone to training. They're going to forget all that in 72 hours. They say, if you don't apply something in 72 hours, it starts slipping away, which is scary for me as a trainer. Like, no. (laughs) So, so coaching and training put together really raises the odds of retention. Right. Right. And, and that's the thing. And and my thing is, like you said, the person may have been the great worker bee, right? And then, oh, they were the great worker bee. So now let's put them into management and you're going, oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> and then, no. like you said, yeah, people are like dropping like dominoes, right? It's like, and no, nobody ever like pays attention of why, because they just think, oh, this person was a great worker bee. What's the problem? But not everybody should be in management. And that's what really kills me because I'm going, okay, just because Joe Blow was a good worker bee does not mean they would make a good manager, but they don't upper management doesn't understand that. And they're not understanding, like you said, why people leave or are, are just totally unhappy for such a long time. They just don't get it. And it's, it's just amazing to me that just globally, this just has not triggered anything for people, for companies to do anything differently. I agree. And I don't think there's good enough evaluation processes. So it takes a long time for that um, unqualified leader to get the upper management's attention. And by then it's caused a lot of damage um, on the front and middle lines. And people are nice, right? They don't want to tell on their leader. They want to give the new leader a chance, mm-hmm. you know, and help them succeed. So they take it on the chin for a long time mm-hmm. until they don't. Right. And then they shut their light off and leave. And then it's like, wait, why, where are you going? You know, it's like, I'm not going to put up with this. They, they don't hold people accountable here. They don't uh, they give them any recognition. They don't give them any vision. And so I'm gone. Yeah. 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 Just, I mean, yeah, see, we've started down a road that I can continue on forever <laughs> because <laughs> that's, that's like the one thing that's just like, oh, that kills me. I'm like, how did you put this person into a position like this, but I man, agree. 
I agree. You've got to care about people in order to be in a leadership chair, in my opinion, right? You've got to want to help people grow and develop. If you don't have that basic care for others, you shouldn't be in the chair. Right, right. If you don't have the care and you're not capable of uh, inspiring others. And I, and I think most people who are in these positions, they're in it for themselves. They think, oh, well, oh, great. You know, I got the office, I got the card <laughs> and you know, here I am, this person, but then they have no clue on what to do. It's like, oh my goodness. You know, I was like, oh, like I had, <laughs> I had this one supervisor who was one of these that we were talking about, probably was a good worker bee, put him into management and was like, what, why? So I had changed like my little saying, like, um, what was it? Uh, just because you got the position doesn't make you a leader. <laughs> and you know even though I was talking about him I wasn't talking about him but he he actually called me in the office he was like well do we have a problem and I'm thinking <laughs> yeah we do because the fact that you called me in to ask me about this proves my point you know <laughs> and I'm like it's like really it's like yeah so that that just kind of solidified what I thought about this person and I had totally no respect for this person and this person just mm-hmm was a horrible, horrible manager. But yeah, it's like, why, why would you come in? Oh, well, I, I see, you know, your, your little salutation on your email says this and do we have a problem? And I'm thinking, well, if, if that really, you know, hit home with you, then yeah, yeah, I guess you are right. the problem. Right. You know, there's two resources I recommend. I just read Patrick Lencioni's book called The Motive. It's his new book and it all talks about why you should get into leadership. And it's a, one of those parable stories. And uh, then, then he did, gives the application at the end of some guy who's a, a CEO of a big company. But um, he, again, has no development plan. He doesn't really care as much about his people. He just wants to make money. And he wants mm-hmm. the perks of leadership. So it's a little story of this guy and a mentor that comes in and shows him what leadership is all about. So that's a recommend. And also John Maxwell has the five levels of leadership. Mm-hmm. But that was one of his first books, I think. And Positional power is like at the really lowest level and uh, people will follow you for a while when you have the title, but after that, you got to build a relationship. Oh yes, absolutely. All right. I think we've beat all that to forever because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can still talk about it, but I know the <laughs> listeners don't want to. This episode is being sponsored by True Vision. Have you lost hope in starting your business, lost steam, or just do not know where to go from here? See with True Vision and define your path. The True Vision Project seeks to heal, rebuild, and transform your online business from the inside out. For more information and early access for only Trina Talk listeners into the True Vision Project, send an email to connect at definingpaths.info. Make sure to mention that you heard about it on Trina Talk going to get into our questions. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Okay. Who or what motivates you? Well, I would say it's all these authors that I read. I read about 45, 50 books a year. And thou, those authors are my biggest mentors from afar. Hmm. Okay. What demotivates you? Man, it's people that say, this is the way it's always been. You know, or I can't change and excuses, excuses. Mm -hmm. When was a time 
that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked out for your good. Ooh, wow. You know, this is a tough one. It was probably um, someone who gave me some advice on when I was doing my, at the beginning of public speaking, and they, uh, they, they said, you, you're just going on and on and on, like you're giving them too much content. And I still struggle with this, by the way, but I know it helps me because I watch the successful speakers and they know how to get pithy and you have brevity to bring it down to the point. So I'm going to say that. Mm-hmm. What is your fear? Besides uh, motion sickness and airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, more. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't really quantify, you know. I also don't like the water because I almost drowned when I was a kid, but I don't know if that's what you're after here. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> there you go. There's your answer. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? I wish I would have left organizations sooner when I realized they weren't going anywhere. Like the, that the leader didn't have the vision to get there. And so we were all just languishing and bumping our head against the wall. I wish I would have left earlier to a place where my strengths could have been in play and the organization was vaulting forward. Mm. Oh, that's so true. Um, Is there a time when you wish you had not done something? Yeah, I'm usually more on the uh, the reticence, cautious side than the uh, jump out there and take some licks. <laughs> mm. You know, in, in my first marriage, I'm going to say that I didn't heed the red flags before going into it. Mm. I've been there, done that. Uh, what is your definition of success? Oh, success is doing my best with the talents that God has given me. Mm. How do you recharge? I go to the gym every day. I get eight hours of sleep every day. And I do that whole journaling, inspirational reading every morning. So those those four habits are what helps me recharge so I don't burn out. What are you awesome at? Time management. <laughs> and I'm implementing some stuff today, too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, what legacy do you want to leave? Mm, that is a good one. I want to be known for... Uh, Someone who stayed strong in his faith, because faith is a big deal. Someone who was there for my family and someone who is relentless in helping other people grow forward. Mm, Nice. Give the listeners one motivational takeaway. Everything rises and falls on leadership. It's a John Maxwell quote. It's my favorite leadership quote. And you might even say like everything, Paul, like, yeah, everything. I mean, you could either trace it back to the leadership not making a decision they should have, or they made a decision that they shouldn't have, or they delayed too long. Yep. Yep. 
So where can the listeners connect with you if they want to buy your books, get coaching, have you speak, the whole nine yards? Yeah, you can find me at paulcasey.org. Don't go to paulcasey.com because he's a professional golfer and I'm I'm just a duffer. So uh, paulcasey.org is all things uh, Growing Forward Services. And I do want to offer a, a free gift to your listeners, Trina, um, for time management. It's called the Control my calendar checklist. If you want to just get on the time management bus, you know, and start developing some habits, the control my calendar checklist will help you do that. And you go to takebackmycalendar.com, takebackmycalendar.com, and it'll get you started in the right direction. A lot of the stuff we talked about today. Mm, I think I'll be going to that. (laughs) Takebackmycalendar.com. Yep. (laughs) I'll be there. So when you see my name come across, (laughs) (laughs) she did it. (laughs) Like she did it. Yes. Oh my God, Paul. Well, thank you for such a great, (laughs) great show being a guest and making me laugh and helping me with my time management. (laughs) That was fun. I had a great time. If you like Trina Talk podcast, please don't forget to go out to iTunes and rate it five stars and leave a review. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their lives? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination.